Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Craig Webb, president of Web Analytics. Remodelers everywhere are plagued by problems getting the products they need to do their work. Your anguish is shared by the building material dealers who take those products from the factory gate to you. Why have we run short of so many products? What problems need to be resolved for us to get out of this dilemma? And when will the shortages ease? Lumberyard expert Craig Webb has some answers, and we'll hear what they are in just a minute. Yeah, it's me, Deadpool, and I got an offer that you can't refuse. Ah, fake laugh. It's funny that I only ever see two of you. Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. And I'm here with my co-host, Mark Harari. Hey there. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Yourself? Good. I've had just enough coffee to make me super energized. (laughs) I need one more cup then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You better catch up, buddy, because we got a good episode for us today. Yeah, I can't wait to hear this. Man... We have been talking to so many of our roundtable members about these uh, product shortages and escalating costs, and it's just causing havoc, right? So it's going to be a super great topic we're going to talk about today. I can't wait to hear about it. I'm I'm in the process of, of talking to a remodeler about redoing our kitchen, and he's complaining about the long, long lead times and how far out I'm going to be before I see anything. And mm. It's like, yeah, yeah. What's going on? Exactly. And so let's 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 you know fill our members in on exactly what is happening from an insider. Cool. So today we're talking to Craig Webb, as Mark said, president of Web Analytics. Now I've known Craig for many years. Now before I met him, he was, I believe, it was editor of Pro Sales for many many years, and then he moved to Remodeling Magazine, where he dove deep into all the challenges that you all face and. And we're facing then for a long time there as well. So we worked together then. It was awesome. And then 2018, he left to start his own company, Web Analytics, with a focus on lumberyards and building product suppliers. So it's fascinating stuff. And we're delighted to have him here. So welcome, Craig. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's great having you. You really got into a fascinating field when you left and created Web Analytics, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I, I've loved actually the whole logistics industry ever since I was a child. Other people drew horses and, uh, and 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 their mommy, and I drew <laughs> pictures of maps and ships and trains and railroads. So, <laughs> so you just sort of fell into the building products world. That's correct. I, I had started out as a journalist uh, at places like the Wall Street Journal, uh, United Press International. I, I covered the World Cup soccer tournament. Wow. Chased President Reagan down a boat in Venice, Italy, at, at an economic summit. Uh, later worked for some other uh, organizations like McGraw-Hill. Uh, was in Belgium and Rome and, and other places. And about uh, 15 years ago, um, I, I fell into covering construction supply. And for the last five years of my 12 years uh, at ProSales, I also was the editor of Remodeling, like you said, where I did the cost versus value report. Mm-hmm. Something I think well known by your members. So let's dive into this. What's the state of the product shortages today? Uh, the state of product shortages today is just one giant Gordian knot. It's bollocks up uh, six ways from Sunday. There are lots and lots of reasons why. And if you'd like, I can go through them, uh, unless there's a particular order you'd like me to, to handle. Well, pick pick 
the top like three or four and go through those because I, I I have no idea. You know, I don't know. I've read. I've got some theories, but I'd like to know what you think are the or what you know the causes are. Well, I, in some ways, the best analogy I can give is to think about what America was like right at the end of World War II. Uh, we we had to have a massive transformation from a wartime economy to a peacetime economy, and it actually took 18 to 20 months uh, when Levittown was created, which was like 18, 20 months after the foundation of, um, uh, after VJ Day. Uh, they sold 1,500 houses in three hours. Oh, that's my how, God. That's how, that's how backed up demand was. And COVID basically shut things down. Uh, the one of the biggest factors that affected us was frankly the great recession of 2005 and 2006 uh there was a general belief after it was over that businesses did not shut down fast enough they did not pull back fast enough so as soon as COVID happened everybody in effect fought the last war they they took all their lessons and they they slashed and burned and and stopped and froze everything very very quickly mm-hmm. and then the surprise came people wanted housing people wanted remodeling mm-hmm. and and so they were all very much cut short i had dealers who actually had been making business plans about what they would have to do in the next few months uh in early 20 uh 2020 if they had to close down the entire place and those plans were written and done, and they just stayed on the shelves because suddenly it turned it turned around. Yeah, uh, there are there are a couple of other reasons why this is happening too. Uh, one of them actually has to do with something called the mountain pine beetle, uh, which was a little insect that uh, ravaged British Columbia's uh, forests as well as in Colorado and other places in the early two thousands. Well, people were able to cut down those trees for a while, but now they're totally gone. And there's not as much lumber coming out of British Columbia as there used to. British Columbia, in a sense, is the Saudi Arabia of wood. Really? Uh, And so that's another reason. And and so the factories shut down. There were, you know, there were other issues. Um, Now, that said, um, we also had, frankly, in this country, a just-in-time mentality. You know, you know, I'm I'm used to being able to call somebody and I can get it overnight, and then Amazon's giving it to me on the same day. Right. And we got so dependent on a just-in-time mentality that when when breakups occurred and 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 things are not flowing, the backups became intense and 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 and, and furious. So all of those things combine to the shortages, and it's a it's a problem that um, exists to this day. So that's causing the prices to go up on lumber and things like that because there's such a shortage, such a demand that what they can sell, they can sell for a lot of money. Well, and there also was, in effect, a toilet paper mentality that was happening, in particular with lumber. Uh, nobody was sure how much they'd need, so they decided all everybody decided to get just a little bit extra. Ah. Um, one of the things I've heard recently uh, is that there's a general belief going around now that by the time we got done with the buying uh, in, you know, up until just recently, we, en- we ended up at various lumber yards and distribution centers and commitments to have enough wood to build 1.7 million homes in America. Well, we haven't built 1.7 million homes in America in several years. Right now, the, the expectation is maybe 1.3 or 1.4. So in other words, there's 300,000 homes worth of lumber 
sitting around in various places right now. It's called the Phantom Reserve. Um, and now that people are beginning to realize that, okay, well, maybe we won't, you know, we, we don't need that toilet paper like we used to, mm -hmm. or, you know, that the crisis isn't going to be quite as bad as we do. That's starting to work its way back into the market. And that's one reason why lumber prices have been dropping recently. Okay. I would caution, however, that what we had is a situation in which lumber prices went up maybe three times from their historical averages in the 300s to go over to a thousand dollars. They'll settle back down. But if they settle back down, it might be 500, 600, 700 dollars. So it's still uh, not so going to get back to where it was. Oh, no, no. We ain't going back to the old days. Oh, really? Uh, so that's just everybody yeah. better change their thinking about going out and selling. We have a new normal. Oof. Okay. So what are dealers doing to help their clients and to, to you know, to deal with all this demand? Well, um, unfortunately, they are finding themselves in a position that they've never had to deal with before. They've, they have in the past experienced what is called being on allocation, where the mill or a supplier will say to you, um, well, you know, I know you bought two truckloads, but I can only sell you one and a half truckloads. And you're going to have to figure out what to do about it. Dealers, in effect, are putting their customers on on allocation now. I was talking to a dealer in um, Montana recently, and uh, a, a builder came in and wanted 1,000 of those little plastic boxes that you see of electrical, you know, like yes. when you put in a plug or whatever. Right. And the guy wanted 1,000 of them. And, and the, the, the dealer had to say, no, um, I can sell you 300 because oh. I've got all these other customers. So it, dealers, in effect, have been having to put their customers on allocation too. Um, and they are, they are basically just being spreaders of bad news as much yeah. as they can. You know, here's the latest about what I hear about when that truck is coming in. But I got to say that because of the way Mills and other people are operating, um, the, the dealer often doesn't even realize what he has available until the truck arrives. It's oh my like gosh. Forest, it's like Forrest Gump in the box of chocolates. You know, you yeah. don't know what you're, what you're going to get. Uh, because stuff gets picked off along the way. And, and frankly, sometimes it's because the Home Depot is suddenly put in an order and the Home Depot is a bigger customer than the right. right. And so And so the supplier is going to service the Home Depot. Mm, wow. Really fascinating. Now, you're talking about lumber, but is that wood of all sorts, like wood for cabinets, kitchen cabinets and that sort of thing? Because I hear that. Well, there, there are some differences in terms of, you know, lumber is probably the poster child of everything that's been going on. But the, the fact is, is that prices for lots of other things have been rising. I was just looking, for example, at the producer price index. And while lumber is up 154% from last May, shingles are 13% more expensive. Okay. Uh, flexible tile is 9%. Uh, Gypsum is 16%. That's wall, wall board. Right. But clay tiles are only up 0.1%. So it's not like everything right. is, is more expensive. Uh, windows, though, you know, sometimes the problem is not necessarily pricing. It is availability. Like, you know, if you take windows, for example, I, I saw one, um, one guy sent me lead times. You know, a, a single hung window from one major manufacturer, eight to nine weeks. A classic casement window from the same manufacturer, 20 weeks. 
And what would normal have been? The old normal. Normal might have been two weeks. Oh my! Three, two weeks for you know a a, a, a vinyl window, and three or four weeks for a, a wood window, and so things are twice to three times as bad. Uh, partly that's on that end. It's 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 sometimes labor. You have the issue of you know people not wanting to go back to the factories. Um, you sometimes have the problems of shipments from Asia, uh, where they all got backed up. Um, there's a wonderful website called marinetraffic.com that tells you the location of every container ship in the world at that moment. Oh, my gosh. And you can focus in on the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach. And they've got ships, as far as you can see, just you know waiting to dock. Oh, no. And it's in part because there's the demand there, but also because... The, the longshoremen got sick. Too. Yeah. And they're running out of warehouse space in Riverside County, which is where all the warehouses are. And then they don't have enough truck drivers. Oh, my gosh. So I see what you a, meant about the Gordian knot. Holy mackerel. Yeah. yeah, it's not just a production issue or a pricing issue. It's sometimes just an inability to deliver issue. Wow. What was that website? A marinetraffic.com. That that seems like it's kind of like your your candy store or something, right? You probably just go there and watch for fun. <laughs> well, I, I do check every once in a while. The, the trouble is, is that sometimes the dots are in the same place because one finally moved in, but somebody else, you know, took over that slot. So it, it, it is amazing to see the 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 every major port in the United States is seeing record traffic. Wow! So it's not just entirely just the supply and demand situation of, of driving the prices up. There's actual hard costs that are being new hard costs that, that they are realizing that they have to pass along, right? Is... Yeah. Truck drivers cost more. Gasoline costs more. Uh, if you, you know, if you want to get a train car, uh, it costs you more to rent that train car. It costs you more to rent or buy a container. Uh, to carry your electrical goods from uh, you know China to the United States, um, all those things factor in. Well, so what is, what what can remodelers do about it? Well, I think <laughs> the the first thing is I think that uh, billing early and billing often, <laughs> billing your customers early and often, making sure that your cash flow is as good as it can be is great. I, I feel sorry for the people in California. Who can't charge more than a thousand dollars on a deposit? Mm-hmm. But you know, in, in the rest of the country, you know, just having as many uh, drops as you can, I, I think, is something that you've been teaching for years, and mm-hmm. it really comes to the fore. I think that adding escalation clauses into your contracts is something that the big builders are doing right now, and uh, it, it's, it's it should be common, I think, with a remodeler too, and say. We expect this. Um, now, I know that there has been a long time debate in the remodeling community over set price versus time and materials. Yes. In a sense, what I'm advocating here is a, a trend slightly more toward the time and materials concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what advice you're giving these days, but mm-hmm. I would suspect it's that you start thinking about how to separate out when you write a contract, it right. might not be time purely, but yeah, yeah, and that's a really interesting one. So let me ask you about the escalation clause for a second. There's a lot of discussion about it on our Facebook group for our roundtable members, and a lot of them are putting them into place, 
but they are still hesitant to pull the trigger and use them. You know, they just don't, they just sort of rubs them the wrong way. But what would you say? Well, I think that this is a case in which um, communication can be a great factor. The more that the the more that the remodeler can have a customer understand what's happening to price, right, and say, "Look, it's not. I am not gouging you. I'm not. I'm not trying to take advantage of this. You know, when I go to the Home Depot and pick up a a, 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 a piece of OSB or plywood." This is the price I'm paying. Um, you know, the, the, and that, that sort of transparency, I think, is um, uh, uh, important. And if you can even say, you know, here's, you know, every time if you, if, let's say every time you went to the Home Depot as a remodeler, you took a picture of whatever a price was and then just show people, yeah. you know, here it was this week, here it was the next week, here oh it was my. the week after mm-hmm. that. That might be a way to get people awake. Right. They're, they're not really... I don't think the average American is has any concept of a what goes into a home, but b um, what 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 the producers of prices do in terms of how they ultimately relate to retail prices. They only know about prices via gasoline and maybe right. what they pay at Starbucks. And since we haven't gone to Starbucks lately, <laughs> yeah, right. through the drive-through, you know, we don't even know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so helping people understand how the prices have changed over time. Right. Okay. And you might have to say, look, you know, I charge an honest 10% profit. You know, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. Craig, are, are, when are things going to get better? <laughs> not for a long time really uh, we are probably going to have backups at the ports through the end of 2021 and well into 2022 as i said lumber prices will come down uh it is believed that there is a historical drop in lumber prices and, and volume in general as you get toward around september because people are buying for construction in October, November, December. Of course, during the holidays, people aren't just doing anywhere near as much. Right. So, so demand drops and thus price drops. Uh, but it did not drop as much last year as it historically did. And there's nothing that says that, that demand won't stay strong, especially in the South where you can keep building. Uh, so consequently, you know, a lot of the construction that's, you hear a little bit about a pullback in construction right now, not quite as many starts. That really is demand delayed, not, not a drop in demand, but just, they, they just held up a little bit. Okay. Um, they've got the permits. They're just holding back a little bit on the construction because they don't have the staff. They don't, you know, they don't have other things. So it. This is going to be a problem that will last, I think, in many ways, at least until the middle of next year. Wow. Very interesting. Well, on that happy note, <laughs> <laughs> why, don't, why don't we really cheer everyone up and let's get into the lightning round. What do you think? Let's do it. And now, here's a Remodeler's Advantage lightning round. It's a trap. All right. Here we go. Let's put 60 seconds on the clock. What's your favorite business book and why? Uh, it's the seven habits of, uh, successful people or mm-hmm. the yep. Franklin Covey book. If you weren't the lumberyard expert, what do you think you'd be doing? 
Well, I was a journalist, uh, and then before that, uh, other than that, I'd say running a hardware store. <laughs> what are you not very good at? Construction. <laughs> I, I, I replaced a uh, toilet uh, float valve and, and, and bollocks it up for about uh, two or three times before I got it right, so uh, I, I know that I'd be dangerous uh, building a house. Yeah, don't get me started on toilet floats. <laughs> your room, your desk, or your car, which would you clean first? Well, I don't have a car. Oh. I, I, you know, I live on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. I have not bought a car since 1979. Um, I hear the prices have gone up. <laughs> I would say uh, my desk before my room. What is something you refuse to share? With other people? <laughs> yes. Uh, or with you. <laughs> I have enough embarrassing moments in my life that yes, there are some things I have to share with anybody. But um, I would I would say a Snickers bar I probably would not share. What was your favorite sitcom growing up? Well, I'd like to say it was something like The Monkees, but um, I, I probably more uh, Seinfeld. Yep. <laughs> All right, this has been awesome. Craig, you really uh, opened my eyes, and I'm sure the eyes of a number of our listeners. Fascinating stuff to get the inside scoop, you know? Um, so thank you so much for being here. Now, if people want to learn more about web analytics, where would they go? Uh, the easiest place to go is to my website, which is web, and that's W-E-B-B, web-analytics.com web-analytics.com. And your main audience are are, are suppliers, build lumberyards, building yeah. products, supplies. Yeah, construction supply companies across the United States. I, I, I put out reports on the biggest ones uh, and uh, keep traffic of, of who's who's buying who. And, 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 and my job is to talk about trends, threats, and opportunities. Good for you. That's awesome. Now, before I let you go, I would like you to share with our listening audience your five words of wisdom and why they resonate with you. Years ago, well, actually, I only need four, four words, but uh, <laughs> being the editor that I am. Uh, years ago, I remember uh, being at an event in which a person, the speaker said, you need to have a personal philosophy, something that you believe in that can be sort of your, 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 your guiding motivator through life. And I thought about it at the time, and I finally concluded that, that sort of my guiding motivator was better living through information. Okay, I love it. You know, me, yes. so I'm, a, I'm one of those people that like to learn and get information, but why does that just resonate that, with well, you? Well, I just add an okay at the end and just say better living through okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's your five words. There you go. Well, you know, if you don't need the fifth word, why? why? Um, I, I believe... It's, it's, it's a personal mission. I, I, I think that I, am, I was placed on this earth to be the person who could collect, collate, and disseminate information that can help other people live better lives. Nice. I like that. It's a wonderful philosophy. So, Craig, thank you so much for being here. It was a ton of fun. We'd love to have you back again. I would, I would welcome that. All right, great. Thank you so much, and um, we look forward to talking to you again very soon. Thanks, Craig. Take care. Take care. Bye. Man, all the different elements that are going into causing this issue of, of shortages, it's kind of mind-boggling. It's a bummer that it's going to be around for a while. Yeah, it is. It was very interesting. It was almost – it was the, the – 
the forehead slap. Like, yeah, of course. When, um, but I hadn't considered it before. The whole idea that it's um, very similar to the the recovery after World War II and right. moving from a, um, a wartime economy to a peacetime economy. Because, yeah, I mean that you know, and that took eighteen to twenty months. He said to 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 make that transition, but it makes total sense. I mean, everything was, you know, manufacturing lines were were producing bombs and airplanes right. and all that kind of stuff yep. and you know um everything had to get back to normal but it took almost two years to to transition back to peacetime you know i don't know that anybody really thought about this at the beginning of you know in, in march of 2020 i mean craig was talking about the plans that some of the companies were making um but they, they were making it because they didn't think there was going to be enough work i don't think you know i don't know who would have like like she said, there's the surprise. Business is booming. Right. He put he 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 put it very well. He said everybody was fighting a in a past war. Right. It's yes. like based on historical. Okay, here comes a big recession, and right. let's shut everything down. And nobody took a minute to think it through and say, well, what is the world going to look like in two or three months? Mm-hmm. And you know, in hindsight, of course, is. Um, I don't say 2020 because I don't think that's correct. <laughs> yeah, right. I know you, don't. <laughs> you know, uh, yes. you know, 2020. Come on, that's that's average. <laughs> Hindsight is not. It's better than average yes. vision. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> did we talk about this already in one of these episodes? I swear. I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, it's easier now. But it's also like one of those obvious things. You know, of course people if anything that was the whole thing nobody was spending money on going out anymore nobody was doing things everybody canceled vacations everybody was just swimming in money so to speak so they were looking to spend it on something and being trapped in your house seeing all the problems yes. that are around it's like hey look, we got all this extra money why don't we do that yeah yeah F- fascinating though i he was a great guest yeah it was good stuff well we want to thank craig for being here and sharing these insights with us and of course we want to thank you for joining us week in and week out i am mark harari and i am victoria downing see you next week this has been another episode of power tips unscripted the remodeler's guide to business Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.